Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading first today from the December issue, 2022, of the Voice of the Martyrs newsletter or magazine. Our story today is entitled Sledgehammers, Bulldozers, and Imprisonments Can't Stop the Gospel. We're in the land of Cuba today, in the island of Cuba. In Cuba, authorities often arrive without warning. On March 10, 2020, a group of men with sledgehammers appeared at Pastor David's church at 9 a.m. They wanted to demolish the church and everything inside, he said. And they started smashing it with their 25-pound sledgehammers. They came at that hour when the church was closed, hoping that no one would try to stop them from destroying everything. When the pastor and other church leaders learned what was happening, they rushed to the site and managed to stop the wrecking crew before the roof could collapse. David was filled with emotion as he gazed in disbelief at the destroyed church building. You can imagine the sadness that we all had, he explained, after many years of sacrifice to be able to build a humble church and how they had unfairly demolished it. Decades ago, Cuba's revolutionary leader, Fidel Castro, established an atheistic communist government and vowed to drive religion from the island. But Cuban church leaders say the opposite has happened. It has been more than 60 years since he said that, a church leader said, but Christians are in Cuba, in many schools, in secret prison circles, and in every municipality in Cuba. From east to west, north to south, Cuba is filled with the gospel. As knowledge of the gospel increases in Cuba, however, so does government scrutiny. After 17 years of worshiping together, Pastor Faustino's church of 100 members faced the same opposition in 2021 that David's church had experienced the previous year. The government sent a bulldozer to completely level the church building. Though the building was destroyed, church members continued to meet every day under a temporary roof at the church site, hoping to persuade the government to change its decision. Security officers confronted the Christians daily, pressuring them to leave. But the church members remained faithful, despite running low on food and, and subsisting mainly on rice husks. Other Cuban pastors have faced even greater pressures. Two have been imprisoned for more than a year, and one has reportedly been tortured and treated like a counter-revolutionary criminal. Still, the Communist Party's efforts to crush churches in Cuba with sledgehammers, bulldozers, and imprisonments continue to fail. All that remains of Pastor David's church building is the roof, and yet his congregation continues to gather for worship and fellowship. They meet on porches and in kitchens, in fields and under trees, and they baptize new believers in cleaned-out pigsties. Despite everything, David said, the congregation continues to grow more and more. Another pastor, a widow who struggles to provide for her two teenage children, boldly defies authorities who regularly pressure her to stop her church activities. I demand they show what laws I have broken, she said. Since the authorities have never cited a specific law, she continues her ministry work. Cuban Christians, like this faithful pastor, ask for prayer that they will continue to stand firm in their faith. 
One Cuban pastor was told by a senior UN official that he could speak to the Pope, the President of the United States, and Cuba's leader on behalf of Cuban Christians. What would you like me to tell them to do for the church in Cuba? The UN official asked. The pastor replied that they do not want anything from the Pope, the President, or Cuba's leader. We're not asking for persecution to be removed, he told the official. We just want people to pray that we remain faithful. Good attitude, don't you think? Our second reading today is from Extreme Devotion. That's a uh, huge book, actually, a 365-page book, a devotional put out by Voice of the Martyrs. Much of it is past, all of it is past items, just to let you see the continuing strain of things. The, the past connects here to the present and will in the future. God's people will always have these problems. We're going to roam this time in the book. Um, to a man named Ignatius. Ignatius, we're going way back into Roman Empire days. The life of man is a continual death, he said, unless it be that Christ lives in him. Ignatius was a disciple of the Apostle John and had publicly reproved Emperor Trajan Antioch for worshiping idols. However, Trajan swore to take public revenge on Ignatius in return for his embarrassing rebuke. Ignatius was arrested and brought to Rome. As he was led away to the pit of lions, he told another believer, My dear Jesus, my Savior is so deeply written in my heart that I feel confident that if my heart were to be cut open and chopped into pieces, the name Jesus would be found on every piece. When the multitude of people were assembled to witness his death, Ignatius boldly addressed the cheering crowd, I am the grain of God. I am ground by the teeth of the beast that I may be found a pure bread of Christ who is to me the bread of life. As soon as he had spoken these words, two hungry lions devoured him. He lived up to his name, Theophorus, the, the bearer of God. To the very end, he bore the name of God and his Savior on his lips. He had often said, The crucified Christ is my only and entire love. And to the end, he found solace in this simple truth. As the world hates the Christians, so God loves them. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says, For I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. Marriage tradition holds that a wife should bear her husband's name as a symbol of their union. They are no longer two people, but one. As a couple grows old together, they begin to share more than just the same last name. They share the same friends and interests. They begin to finish each other's sentences. Some begin to even strangely resemble one another, such as their long-standing intimacy. In the same way, those who bear the name Christian or Little Christ develop the same intimacy, a oneness with the Savior. Are you wearing well the name of Christ? Like Ignatius, does sharing Jesus' name inspire you to share in his sufferings, his ministry, his life? 
Well, if you'd like to be put on the mailing list of The Voice of the Martyrs and receive free your own copy of the VOM newsletter magazine, just contact them at vom.org. Or for your own copy of Extreme Devotion, which is not free, email to Voice of the Martyrs at thevoice at vom.org or just go to that website, vom.org, and you'll, you'll find out all about how to do all of that. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and this audio is being released on the 4th of February 2023, and Lord willing, we will talk again real soon. Bye-bye.